Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan, everybody. I pray that you are all doing great. Today, I wanted to talk about the consecrated life. So this is typically in the context of somebody, man becoming a priest or in a religious order or a woman taking religious vows and being in a religious order as well. So even in the Old Testament, we see this consecration of priests um, who were dedicated to the temple and they didn't have inheritance of land or anything like that. Their inheritance was the Lord himself, right? So that was like the Levitical priest. They were consecrated. They were set apart. And then there were women who were also consecrated in, in, uh, in the book of Numbers and I believe in Leviticus. Um, I might be wrong on that. It might be Exodus and, num- and Numbers. But there's consecrated women who devoted themselves to the work of God. So then they uh, were fully consecrated and actually um, they, when they would take, take on these vows, they would have religious vows to be, to be celibate and they would vow themselves to God, but they would still actually be, um, they would be given a, a protector, which would be a man, right? So they would almost have like a marriage, but then they would never violate their vow that they took of celibacy. And so that's like what Mary was like as well. So she was married, but it's, it's, we can see that she was consecrated to the Lord and she wasn't planning on having any uh any marital relations with joseph and she he was going to be her protector right so he was older than her and we see that she had this no no plan because she was so surprised even during this time of like uh after their first wedding ceremony to the time of their second wedding uh ceremony which would be the the bringing her into his own home after that that period in between to be fully married she wouldn't have been surprised by the angel gabriel um when he's when the angel gabriel said you're gonna bear a child her response is really weird if she was truly married in the sense that she was married to a man and was going to have a normal married life but her response is how is that gonna be Right, that'd be like me who is about to get that is uh, that's married now. Uh, somebody telling me, "Hey, you're about to have a kid." I'm gonna be like, and my response wouldn't be like, "How's that gonna be?" My natural response is like, oh, "Okay, sweet, that's what's up." So I, I'm gonna have a child with my wife. But no, she responds because it surprises her because she was most likely consecrated to God and she would have this this man for as a protector um, and he would always have to, in accordance with the law, had to respect her vows. And so then we see also this consecrated, consecrated life um, from Jesus himself in Matthew 19 or is it Matthew 10 or Matthew 19? for that those who make themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. So they are reflections, those people who are consecrated to God as um, the true uh, bride of Christ. They remind us of the reality of heaven where we are not given in marriage in heaven, but we are like the angels because we, we're fully united with God, the true bridegroom Jesus in heaven forever. So they take on these these consecrated vows for the sake of the kingdom. And then Paul says he wishes everyone was like him. And I believe in 1 Corinthians, uh, he wishes everybody was like him, which is celibate and not married, so then he can fully be devoted to the gospel. 
but obviously he realizes that people aren't all called to that life. So he goes a lot about marriage as well, but he also goes a lot about the consecrated life. And specifically, we see that even in 1 Timothy 5, starting in verse uh, 1, all the way through at least verse 15 or 16. So he talks about how, um, if I just read it, starting in verse 3, honor widows who are real widows. If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn their religious duty to their own family and make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. So who is a real widow and is left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day, whereas she who is indulgent and is dead even while she lives? Command this so that they may be without reproach. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his own family, he who has disowned the faith is worse than an unbeliever. So there we also see that you can lose your salvation. But let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband. And she must be well attested for her good deeds as one who has been who has brought up children and shown hospitality, washed the feet of the saints, relieved the afflicted, and devoted herself to doing good in every way. But refuse to enroll your younger widows, for when they grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, and so they incur condemnation for having violated their first pledge. And so right there in First or, uh, in First Timothy 5, 12, we see that Paul is talking about women who took a pledge or a vow to not marry again and to remain celibate for the church, right? So widows here had clearly made some sort of vow or promise to serve the church in singleness. So Paul recommended that younger widows should marry again, according to verse 14, when he says, so I would have younger widows marry, bear children, rule their households, and give the enemy no occasion to revile us. Because he's worried about people who uh, are widowed when they're young and then all of a sudden they want to be married again. So this like this, they're, they're not sticking to their first pledge. They violate their first pledge according to first Timothy five twelve. right? So Paul had no objection to widows marrying again, but the widows here clearly made some vows, right? So, and then we see also in the book of revelation, we see consecrated virgins. So we see this consistent theme throughout the entire salvation history of the kingdom of God, both in Israel and in the new Israel of the church, that there was consecrated uh, women who served the purpose of, purposes of serving God. And this is not the sacrament of holy orders, though, and the priesthood and the diaconate that is reserved only for men. Um, which I had another episode on talking about the priesthood. So go listen to that. And maybe we can further elaborate on that. But some other time. Um, but women serve the church and we still had this consecrated, uh, this con- these consecrated vows to the Lord as brides of Christ. And they're this beautiful, incredible reflection of renouncing the material world. And even though like marriage is so good and yet it's not as good as Jesus, right? The, even the things that we possess, they're good, but when we become attached to them, they're bad. So, we have to love Jesus with all our hearts. And so they're a reminder, a constant reflection of that radical discipleship in Jesus, but also a reminder of the true reality of heaven where we are not given in marriage in heaven, but we are truly united to the true bridegroom of Jesus.